With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Hello, welcome to Premier League Daily. The days are ticking down. We are almost there a week, well, just over a week to go until the start of the Premier League season. We cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be an exciting season. If it's anything like last campaign, it should be a really good one. And we can't wait to get stuck into it. So welcome to the show. I'm Niall. Alongside me in the studio today, we've got Jim Salverson. Hello, Jim. Hey, hello. We've got Marley Anderson. Hello. And uh, we've also on the line got David Mooney, who's going to talk to us about Manchester City not having any players in the FIFA Player of the Year nominations. Anti-City agenda! Anti-City <laughs> agenda. We did have a li- we do have a Liverpool fan in, in the office as well who often comes onto the show. I was keen to ask him what he thought <laughs> what he thought about there being no City That's players in the team. Uh, Mane's in there, isn't he? Mane's in there, yeah. I think there's three Liverpool players in that. But anyway, we'll get onto that in a second. We're also going to talk about Aston Villa and their summer spending. That's now topped £100 million. Uh, and they're in double figures in terms of uh, transfers into the club. So we'll be talking about that. And also I want to talk a little bit as well about Arsenal's record signing Nicolas Pepe 72 million pounds what does that mean for the Gunners next season but as I said we're going to get straight into the into the thick of it with David Mooney from Blue Moon podcast of course one of the premium Manchester City podcasts out there hello David how are you mate I'm not too bad are you well yeah I'm good I'm very good I tell you what though if I was a Man City fan I'd be a little bit ticked off with the fact that there are no Manchester City players in the player of the year nominations from FIFA, like what is what's going on there? That's I had to do a double take when I saw that. What did you think of it? Yeah, I think the same. Although what I would say is that you know a Premier League trophy, um, a, a Carabao Cup, and a, um, an FA Cup are, are quite a good consolation prize for that. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, it's I, I think part of the reason you look at the players that are there. You know, you have got uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Aiden Hazard, Harry Kane. Those sorts of players, they play in teams where where they are the star of the team. Mm. And I think what, what the problem that City have in this sort of thing is that pretty much everybody mucks in and does the dirty work. And, you know, one week it could be Bernardo Silva that shines. The next week it will be Raheem Sterling. The next week, Sergio Aguero. The next week, Emmerich Laporte's fantastic at the back. And, you know, the, the week after the game's won because of, of three great saves from Edison. So the, I think there's... 
there's a lot of kind of team lifting that goes on at City, and I, and I suspect that's possibly the reason why uh, why they've missed out. You know. Do you know what? I think that's a really good point because last season there were so many City fans who were divided on who their player of the season was for City, let alone, you know, FIFA player of the year. So if there are so many players performing well, it is difficult sometimes to, to pick an individual just to, to scoop an award. Yeah, and I think even you look at, at someone like Van Dijk at Liverpool, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, that Van Dijk made Liverpool a one-man team, but you look at the effect that he had on their defence from the season before. It was it was clear his impact that that, um, that that had got them to close such a huge gap on City from from the year before. So he, he's quite obviously someone who has come in and really improved that team. So it's quite an obvious uh, kind of um, line for for people to look at. And you look at, at the players that City added over last summer. Well, it was, you know, Riyad Mahrez came in and and you know played I think 17 games in total so it, you know the impact he had wasn't was was kind of marginal it was it was important for city to go on to win the league he scored winning goals at, at Tottenham at Bournemouth and uh, you know he, he put the game beyond doubt at Brighton so you know he played his part in this in this title winning team but you wouldn't say he was anywhere near you know the the, the best player so it's it's very much a, I think a case of of everybody just coming in and, and, and mucking in and doing their little bit, and then it's it, it doesn't really get reflected in the individual awards because City have gone out there and been a fantastic team, and nobody has really shone out inside in in that team because they've all been playing so well. Do you think? I mean, I've seen it this said a few times, and I don't know whether you buy into it, and whether it's not said about this list, it'll be said about FFP accusations, or it'll be said about the coverage of. Liverpool's run-in in the Premier League last season. Do you genuinely believe that there is an anti-City agenda and this is forming part of that? No, there's not. There's, um, I mean, first off, uh, I'm a journalist myself, so uh, if there was, I'd You're know part about of the it, problem, so, David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then again, also, if there was and I knew about it and I was part of it, I, I wouldn't say there was, would I? So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, another, there's another question. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's just, I think... I think ultimately the problem with City is that they're not a very sexy story. Um, last season they were they were fantastic, and it's it, 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 even on what we are a pro City show, we found it really hard to go back into the studio every week and go, well, they were good again, weren't they? Because <laughs> there's not really a lot more to say after this after after that's happened. And so while they're breaking all these records, yeah, it's fantastic for the fans to watch, but the story last season was if Liverpool win the league, it was a bigger story just simply because they. You know, it, it was they've not won it in what was it thirty odd years. Yeah. There's there's been you know a, a number of times where they've they've got close and then fallen away. So it's in terms of of what the story is. City won it the year before, and it's yeah, it's the first team to win back to back Premier Leagues. But that is it's 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 not a uh, in ten years. But it's not a it's not a story that's anywhere near the level of a club ending their thirty year wait for the mm. for the top flight title. So I, I kind of I get why City fans have been upset with with the coverage because there's it it, it can feel like there's not a lot of positivity but the truth is the, the, the positivity has been there and it's just it's really hard to find something new to say about it because it's just it's just been so phenomenally good um, in terms of a of a wider kind of thing with with FFP um, I've I. I feel like FFP was rushed through not to stop City, but to stop the sort of things that City did mm-hmm. in 2009. And if anything, it just kind of makes me feel really sad because I've got friends who, are, you know, are fans of other teams who are in a position now where they could get hundreds of millions or billions of pounds and not be able to join the elite because yeah. of these arbitrary rules that say that investors can't invest in their own club. And, you know, 
the thing that I've lived with City for the last 10 years is, is, is something that I never expected I would get anywhere near in the 90s. So to have that, City are lucky they got in there before the drawbridge was was pulled up. Yeah. And now for other teams, it's it, it kind of feels like, well, what's the point? If you're never going to be able to have that, that, that kind of dream moment, if the only thing you can do is what Leicester did and get lucky with a season where all of the challengers underperformed and and you know were 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 kind of um playing well below themselves and then you yourself have a a, a brilliant season to to kind of go at the same time as that you, you kind of see where Leicester have, have leveled out to they mm. they're, they're looking again this season under Brendan Rodgers you'd be looking for them to get into the uh, Europa League and, and 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 kind of push the top 6 well, if you were if you won the title a few years ago, you'd be expecting to still, you know, City, United, Arsenal, you know, when they were winning titles in the past, you'd be expecting to challenge for the title again the next season, and so it, it just kind of feels like like it, it, it some like the intentions of FFP were really good, but somewhere along the way things got a little bit twisted and, and went a bit wrong. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you there, David. I, I completely agree with every everything you say. You know, for instance, if you're a, a club like Wolves or whatever and you, you've got all of this investment that could be used and, and you can't because of FFP, then it's taking opportunity away, away from supporters. Yeah, like, like you say, you know, it's something you never thought you'd see as a City fan and now you're living the dream of, of being, you know, treble winners and going to the later stages of the Champions League. It's like if you bought a car with your own money and then you wanted to make all of these modifications to the car and make it the best car you could and someone in the AA said, no, sorry, you can't do that, mate. It's like, so it's, listen, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. my money. It's my money. I can spend it how I want, That's surely. That's not what the intention of FFP was, I don't think, as you said, David. The intentions were good. It was to protect clubs and protect yeah, exactly. their financial viability. But what it's turned into is a way for FIFA to police the big clubs and make sure the elite remain the elite. It's something that was good, that's turned out bad, like a Jedi going to the Sith, essentially. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about with FFP. OK, I think that's enough for the FFP for now. Just finally, David, before we let you go, um, Leroy Sane, a lot of rumblings about him and his future at Manchester City. What are your thoughts on it as, a, like you say, a journalist and uh, on the Blue Moon podcast? What have kind of been the thoughts of City fans over the last couple of weeks regarding that? Yeah, I'm in a really weird position on this. Uh, I think, first off, let me say, I think Leroy, I think losing Leroy Sane is a bad thing. Um He's he's a fantastic player. He's been brilliant for City over the last few years, and I think what what would sadden me most is that he's got such a high ceiling that he could hit. If he doesn't, if he if he moves on from City, he's going to hit that ceiling elsewhere, and that that is not something I want to see. Um, I think I, I think if if Bayern Munich come along, there was there was rumours uh, yesterday of uh, the fee being something in the region of a hundred million pounds. Um, I think if that's the case, given Sane's potential and what he's done so far at City, I think Bayern have absolutely had City's pants down on that one. Um, but then, you know, there's other other rumours of 200 million euros. Well, that's that's a lot. That's a lot bigger than uh, <laughs> when you convert it to pounds. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot more like it. I think. Um, the other side of it as well. Last season, he was he was in and out of the team. He, he cut a very frustrated figure at times, especially in the second half of the season. His relationship with Guardiola seems to be very fraught at times. The the two really don't seem to, to see eye to eye, and Guardiola was very much um, he, he's he's not been he, he's not held back in criticising Sane even when Sane's had a, had a good game. So the one thing I'd always say about about Guardiola though is is the players that he likes he seems to he seems to be more willing to openly criticise in public and the players that 
he doesn't think he can get more more from or, or the players that he thinks are, are probably not really going to be in his team for much longer. He's very much a, oh, he was wonderful, you know, mm. couldn't couldn't ask any more of him sort of thing and, and just uh, sticks praise on them. So I'd, I'd actually say the criticism from Guardiola was probably a compliment towards uh, towards Sane because he feels he can be he can be so much better. Um, it would be a big blow for City to lose him. I think uh, Riyad Mahrez didn't set the world on fire last season. Uh, to go into the season without someone like Sane to be able to to name in your starting lineup or come off the bench, I think you you're asking a lot of a player that that is still trying to settle in in Mares to come in and, and fill that role. Uh, I'd like to see Bernardo Silva in the middle a, li- a little bit more this season. So if if Sane goes, I don't want to see uh, Bernardo stuck out on the uh, on the left again. Um, I, but ultimately, my I, I'm not that worried if he does go. Just because one thing that Guardiola has proved himself to be over the last couple of years is is a brilliant problem solver. I mean, he's not had a first choice left back in two seasons, and as uh, you know, it's, it's not hampered his team or his style of play. So I think I think whatever happens, City will be all right and get through it. It would be daft of me to say that. Oh, if, if Sane were to leave, then it would then it would be the end of the world because of, of, just look at the, the the talent that they've got in the rest of the squad. But mm. I'm also not going to sit here and say that that I don't care if Sane leaves because I think it would be a massive a massive blow to the club. And I just don't want I don't want to see him achieve what he could achieve at City elsewhere. I think it would be a real shame. Brilliant stuff, David. Thanks very much. Where can we find the Blue Moon podcast, my friend? Uh, just whack it into Google. It's on iTunes, on Spotify, it's on all, all the usual places. Great to chat to you, mate. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Take care, lads. Anyway, let's move on now. Let's move to London and to North London in particular. Arsenal broken their transfer record by signing Nicolas Pepe from Lille for £73 million, around €80 million. Euros. What does this mean for their chances next season? I think there's still a lot of work to do if they're going to get into the top four. It's a real statement of intent. Firepower up front. Lacazette, Aubameyang, now Nicolas Pepe, brought in Danny Thabaios on a season-long loan from Real Madrid. They're good players. I'm just worried, if I'm an Arsenal fan, about the back. Because Koscielny Mm. looks like he's going to leave. Mustafi is an absolute car crash of a defender. Um, What do you think of their hopes next season? They've got Zaka in midfield to protect them. (laughs) So it's all all right. I think it's a great signing but I don't think it makes them better than City or better than Chelsea or better than Spurs or probably even better than United if United strengthen a little bit more in this window. So no, it doesn't help them get closer to the top four because they are shocking defensively. They've spent a lot of money and they will score goals next season. Lacazette, Aubameyang and Pepe is an amazing front yeah, three. It's awesome. Real firepower. But I mean, my, my biggest concern is Arsenal's defence. And we'll talk about Pepe and his strengths. But for me, Marley, when you've got Koscielny, the club captain, who wants off, you've got Mustafi, who we know isn't the best of quality. I mean, you've got Rob Holding, who is often injured. So, I mean, what do they do at the back? That's that's a problem for Unai Emery. I think it's it's going to be a season-long headache for Unai Emery, I think, because he's got to wedge all these players into a system up front and then he's going to look at his defence and think, aha, no, <laughs> what have we, we going to play this week? Because... For me, there's only one decent defender at Arsenal, and it's um, Socrates, uh, the, the mm. centre back. He, he signed from uh, Dortmund. Uh, was it Dortmund? Was it yeah, Leverkusen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been at both anyway. So um, it came from there. He was he's been all right, but when you stick Mustafi alongside him, he's he just switches off. He switches off, and then they concede goals. Rob Holding actually looks like the better one. They signed him from Bolton a couple of years ago, and it's yeah. like that shouldn't be. If you're spending seventy million on Pepe. Could you not have spent forty million on a centre back mm-hmm. and sold Mustafi for ten? There's a, there's a net thing of like thirty million there. Would you take a punt on Gary Cahill if you were Emery? 
seasoned Premier League centre back. I think he's got a he's better than what they've got. Left a lot them. of yeah. experience there as well. Uh, yeah, maybe. But as well, like even if we move past the centre backs, like Bellerin's still injured. They've got Maitland Niles, who's filling in. He was a centre midfielder, uh, sort of attack minded midfielder. He's been filling in at wing back and mm. full back in mm. pre season and summer last season as well. The left backs, they've got um, Kolasinac, who was never really solid as he looked. He looked solid, looked alright at first, but then tailed off a bit. Monreal's, I think, 33, 34 now. I think Chambers can play fullback as well, can't he? He plays either side, but. Yeah, I mean, but. What's he done? Chambers. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. just not. It's not a top four defence. And if you look at everyone else in the top four, top six even, Arsenal have got the sixth best defence. They might have the best attack, but you know there are points in the game where the other team's going to have the ball. And in that case, unless Xhaka chops everyone down and gets 30 yellow cards a season, you, I think they're in trouble. Don't, forget, exciting, don't forget Jenkinson, by the way. Can't leave him out. Jesus, yeah. They are still trying to get Tierney, aren't they? From Celtic, that yeah. deal isn't quite dead yet. But again, but it's uh, hard to see how that will fix a like what Marley's saying. Defense. Tierney's a fullback. They yeah. need centre halves desperately. Yeah. They really do. It'll well, be exciting to, to if you're be, an Arsenal fan. It'll be a hell of a team to watch next season yeah. because they will have to just score was, more than the opposition. Yeah, it was like that it'll season be, for yeah. Liverpool a few years ago where Jurgen Klopp was yeah. uh, just trying to offset the defensive worries they had with Lovren and I can't remember who else they had at the back. But they would, you know, win games four three or three two. Yeah, you know, they yeah. would just have to bank on themselves outscoring the opposition, which is obviously the fundamental yeah. basis even, of a football we're not match. Not even mentioning the likes of Mkhitaryan, who's still at the club, who's a decent yeah, well, attacking player. So Ozil, who knows, he might get a tune out of him this season he could turn into a that's the thing for me like, player. We, we mentioned before you know the front three of Pepe Aubameyang and Lacazette being excellent what system do they all fit in in their best positions because Pepe plays best on the right side of a front three mm-hmm. that means if you're having a front three there's only one central striker striker which means you're going to put one of Lacazette or Aubameyang out wide Lacazette can play out wide though can't he yeah but then you lose all these goals he's, he's amazing in the box like so he's better in the box so if you're going to play like last season they had two strikers you know, Bamiang mm. and Lacazette, who were just like, if you play them together, that's a partnership anyone would fear. You're exactly. always going to get goals out yeah, of them. 12, 15 goals each, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it made sort of sense to play like a three at the back, five in midfield with like wing backs, and then you can have your two strikers, and you can have Ozil in behind them, and that's it sorted. Mm. But now you've got Pepe as well, so it, it makes it more likely that they are going to play three up front. Mikatarian doesn't play in that system. Because three up front, you don't really have an attacking midfielder as well as your three strikers. So that leaves out Ozil, that leaves out Mkhitaryan. Then you've got the likes of, you know, Xhaka and Elneny and people like that. Do you think they the just back. signed him because he's available? Do you think it's one of those classic Ed Woodward-esque signings where they've seen a player's available, they've got fans demanding a transfer and they've gone, well, I think, let's get him, he's, he's, and he's a great talent. Well, but think, maybe it's without well, thinking about the holisticness of the team. Maybe. But I think we, so we heard, you know, that Arsenal had like 40 million to spend this summer and stuff like that. And nice. obviously they needed, you know, more than just one or two players. So I think the reason why they they went for Pepe over, for example, Zaha is because uh, Palace wanted so much money up front mm. and Lille are happy to accept it over, I think it's five years. Yeah. So the upfront payment is like, I think it's like 20, 25 million. So that leaves money in the coffers to go and get Kieran Tierney. Mm. And actually sort out more problems. So I think they've they've struck like Emery's like, nah, I want a winger, we need a winger. Which is like fair enough. If you want a winger, go and get a winger. So he's gone and got Pepe from France and he's brought him in. And then he's gonna have to then address the um the fullback, centre back sort of issue in the next week. I do think they'll get T and E as well. 
because um, I don't think Celtic can can hold out for more than twenty five million. Really, mm, mm. they'll try, but as it comes down to it, they'll think twenty five million can do a lot in the and SPL. Tierney's going to want to make that move as well. It's you so close to the start of the season as well. I mean, if you tell him the deal's off, you're almost unsettling mm. him right yeah. near the start of the season, which is obviously a, a risk. Yeah. Um, uh, what about Nicolas Pepe as a player? Then he look, does look really exciting. He can score you goals. He's powerful. Mm. He's fast. Although it's worth bearing in mind when you look at the goals of last season, twenty two goals last season. Nine of them were penalties. Oh, you took which... my point there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Martin, on, yeah, you yeah. say it. No, no, you yeah. So, I mean, he's not as full of goals as maybe that he's still a great player and he's fast and he's got great feet. He's a great Arsenal player, but maybe he's not quite as full of goals as you might expect from a player who scored 22. And so, what's 22 minus nine? Quick maths, 13. what's 13? So, 13, <laughs> so 13 from the right wing. 13, still 13 still is still a good return for yeah. a wide player. Still as many as the Ozzy Perez last season. I think so. you have to look at the season before and. This isn't a player that I've been massively aware of for a long time, so I'm not going to pretend this is knowledge. This is <laughs> in the no from, gym. Yeah, this is this is just coming from looking at numbers. And you look at the season before, Lil were almost relegated that season, and he still chipped in with, I forget the exact numbers. Having said, I've looked at numbers, eleven or twelve assists or something like that. So in a relegation threatened team, he was still an offensive threat, and I think that is reassuring for Arsenal fans and the people who are saying, oh, he's. He's a one-hit wonder. He's mm. just had one good season. That kind of counters that argument a little bit. But I think he's going to... I think, as with every player that comes to the Premier League from somewhere like Legal, it's going to take a few months for him to settle in. But once he does, I think he's going to be mastered. I don't want to say Arsenal don't finish in the top four this season, but certainly I, I still think that fourth spot is up for grabs. I think that fourth spot is not nailed on. I think there's a host of teams that could get that fourth spot. As we've already touched on, if they can get a few defensive reinforcements they have a chance but I think in the current state there are better teams than them there's probably five better teams than them I think they'll finish sixth yeah uh, yeah same I think they'll finish sixth I think the difference between the top sides like everyone's got a good attack that's that's granted you've got you know Kane and Ericsson and Elliot Spurs you've got Mane, Salah and Firmino and you've got Sterling, Sane and Aguero and then you know Arsenal can compete in terms of attack with with those teams um, but you have got the issue like I said before they've got that headache of getting them all square pegs in round holes mm. kind of thing mm. and then where they'll fall apart for me is like we said the defence the defence is the sixth best in the top six this will be a real test of Unai Emery's credentials as a manager in the Premier League if you're an Arsenal fan let us know what you think you can find us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at the sports social get in touch with us let us know what you think make sure to subscribe to Premier League Daily because next week we will be going full steam ahead every single day we will be bringing you content regarding the greatest football league in the world. So make sure you subscribe to keep up to date. It is the fastest way to keep up to date with everything that's going on at your club in and around the Premier League. Also, don't forget to enable our skill on Amazon Alexa. Just say enable sports social for all the latest daily updates on your club. We're going to have a quick break now and we'll be back after this. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome back to Premier League Daily, your daily hit of all the latest news and opinion in the Premier League. And one team that have made a return to the Premier League after a short exile, but it feels like a long exile, I'm sure, if you are a Villa supporter. Aston Villa, back in the big time again. £100 million spent this summer into double figures in terms of incomings into Villa Park. And to get an inside opinion from a fan's point of view, we've got Rob Warner on the line, who's going to chat to us here on Premier League Daily. Hello, Rob. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, 
mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm just really interested and excited, actually, to see how Aston Villa do this season because... I think most Villa fans will be thinking, please, we don't want to go the way that Fulham went last season, spending £100 million and then plummeting straight back down the table. I don't think Villa will. Some of your signings have been really astute. What's it been like as a, as a supporter watching all these new names flooding through the doors at Villa Park? Well, it's been absolutely incredible, really. I think if we, if we look back 12 months ago, the, the club couldn't pay its tax bill and there was a lot of talk of liquidation and, and points deductions and so on and the new owners came in and you know, none of us could have expected the journey we've been on for, for the last 12 months and now to be here signing not just the quantity of players but the quality of them. You know, we, we just couldn't have dreamed of it a year ago. Which players do you pick out as quality, Rob? Out of curiosity. And I don't... I, I don't... No, but I, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Jim. Welcome to the show, Rob. Welcome to the show. Now you know what you've got to deal with. I was, I was looking at this earlier. Jesus. I was looking at this earlier and you've signed, what is it, around 11 players? Yeah, yeah something around that around ballpark. 11, yeah. And there are some nice players. I think Douglas Lewis is a potential. Has he got has he got his work permit sorted now? Not as far as I'm aware. Okay, so you uh, might have possibly. Douglas Lewis. Yeah, he's still in Brazil. You've got Tom Heaton, who I think is a brilliant signing, and for eight million quid, I think that's an absolute bargain. Tyron Mings is the only player in there who has any Premier League experience. The others, to me, look pretty untested. Yeah, I think at the Premier League level they are. I think what's interesting is the strategy of them as a group of players so unlike Fulham last summer a lot of their signings were made very late in the day quite a few of them were in August and seemed to be you know a few quite cheap signings and then a few very expensive ones and almost a, a, a mishmash of players whereas if we look at Villa's strategy there's been I think 12 players left after the playoff final, either because their loans had expired or their contracts had expired. Mm. And they've been replaced kind of like for like in terms of positioning, but also the the, the links that are already with members of the club. So two of the, the guys, Hotter and Conser, have both played under Smith. Mm. But Brentford, El Ghazi, Howes, Mings all played for us last season on loan. Um, Engels, Wesley and the Camber all played together at Brugger as well. So... There's, there's already little links together. It's not like just bringing together a group of strangers. So I think they've been quite clever in, in doing a job that needed doing because we'd have only been able to put 14, 14 players out for the first game of the season if we hadn't signed a bunch of guys in. Mm. Yeah. Do you think Dean Smith is maybe, or was maybe, concerned about conceding goals in the Premier League? Because if you look at the players you've brought in, as Jim says, you've brought in Tyrone Mings, who's a centre-back, Esri Konza, who can play at centre-back, obviously the lad from Brentford, uh, and Bjorn Engels as well, um, who you've brought in. So that's that's three centre-halves Smith's brought in. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think it, it needed doing. I mean, again, rewind 12 months, and James Chester really was the only senior centre-half that we owned, and he ended up playing through injury to such an extent that his career continues to be in jeopardy. Um, you know, just so that we could, could get bodies out on the field. I think watching the club last season, it was pretty clear that the, the flanks were the weak spot, both defensively and going forward. So Matt Target's not really been talked about in terms of players that we've brought in, but he did really well in Fulham's promotion season. I think they would have preferred to keep him and, and Southampton wouldn't let them, so they, they brought in Joe Bryan. So I think we've strengthened both the, the full-back positions with Gilbert and Target. And then we've got some real pace and strength in the centre of the defence as well. So it was clearly something that he was aware of. I think we'd have kept Twanzebi if we'd been able to. But mm. obviously United have got fairly big plans for him. 
Do you think there's any risk from Villa that, I mean, one of the things that often benefits promoted teams is they have this unity from the team and they have this almost confidence in coming up to the Premier League, that unit of players stay together, maybe there's a few additions in there, but that kind of new league bounce almost keeps them going for the first half of the season and that's what keeps them safe if indeed they do stay up. With Villa, with the churn of players, there won't be that kind of atmosphere amongst the players. I think, I mean, certainly the the, the footage that we see on Instagram and, and stuff that the club's putting out seems to show that there is still a great team spirit within Bodymore Heath and I know that the, the club do a huge amount of research into the characters of the players that they're signing but I think interestingly whether they're in the first 11 or not, eight of the team who started the playoff final are still available to start against Spurs. So of that starting 11, Abraham and Twanzebi both went back to their parent clubs and Adoma, his contract was up and we let him go and I don't think anybody felt bad about that and the fact that he's ended up at Forest rather than in the Premier League suggests that it was the right thing to do as well. Mm. So there are still those guys around the club that are carrying that with them and I think they are the type of characters that it will rub off on the other players around them. Has the expectations as a Villa supporter changed now? Because obviously I think that it was mooted that there was going to be investment in the squad in the summer. I'm not sure if anyone really expected it or maybe naively to it be this much and this many players. So when the season ended and obviously you're on the come down of getting promoted back to the Premier League, I imagine most supporters would have been like, right, what we need to do now is make sure we don't go down again. Now when you've brought in all this quality and you've spent all this money, has the expectation changed slightly? Are you, are you now not looking just to stay up, but you're looking to maybe finish in the top half? I mean, what, what's the ambitions now of, amongst Villa supporters if they changed at all from the end of last season? Yeah, I think there has been a, a change and I think it would depend who you ask. I think some fans would still say we'd be happy to finish 17th because the important thing is we've signed these players and we need to be able to afford to keep them. And if we get relegated, there'd be another huge churn again in the summer of, of trying to get rid of people. Um, Grealish in his interviews this week has talked a little bit about aiming to do a Wolves and, and push for the kind of top eight, top seven type positions. Um, I think anywhere between 7th and 17th I'd be quite happy with as long as I think if we can see progress over the course of the season like we did last year where we started off quite slowly and then ended up with that record-breaking run of league victories, I think if we can see progress and the team's moving forward, um, I think that will be satisfactory and gives us the opportunity to, to build again next summer with perhaps less acquisitions but of an even higher quality to, to then start thinking about kicking off. Great stuff, Rob. Great to chat to you, mate. Thanks for your time and, and hopefully Villa do the business for you this year. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Rob. Cheers. Just finally, before we round things up for today on Premier League Daily, I want to talk about Liverpool's young new signing, Harvey Elliott. Have you seen this video knocking around, guys, of him yeah. mocking Harry Kane? Jesus I, Christ. I know he's 16 years old, right? And everyone does stupid stuff when they're 16. But he's now gone from being somewhat an under-the-radar player to thrust in the limelight, playing for one of the biggest football clubs mm. in England, if not in Europe, Liverpool. He's mocking Harry Kane, who's the England captain. And he's an England youth international himself. He plays for England under-17s. Bit of naivety, bit of stupidity from the lad. But, I mean, what are your takes on it? It was a little bit a little bit uncomfortable, I felt, watching it's, it. It was, it honestly, like, when I seen the, you know, that he's done this sort of video, I was I watched it. I didn't really know. I seen it, like, as soon as it sort of happened, sort of thing, and I was like, well, well, this can't be that bad. And I watched it, and I was like, Jesus Christ. 16-year-old kid like that 
and he's calling the England captain a mong. Like that's that's so bad. You can't do that. Especially when I don't you're care for if you're sixteen, mate. I do not give a shite if you're sixteen. You don't do that. You can't do that. Not if you're in England and age group international. Exactly. He has to know. Sixteen year olds these days, like compared to when I was sixteen, sixteen year olds these days are so much more aware of what how things can affect them in the future. That this kid who's well, been obviously a top are, player. Marley. I don't find I think I mean, you guys are younger than me, so you've probably got more of a finger of a pulse with this kind of thing. But I think I look back to when I was sixteen and I was an idiot. As most sixteen year olds are, you don't think about the consequences of what you're doing. You don't think about what you're doing in the future and I completely agree that he's done something that's out of order. I don't care that he's had a pop at Harry Kane. I mean, I have a pop at Harry Kane. I don't like the words he's used to have a pop at Harry Kane. But I think... But why is he having a pop at Harry Kane? Why not? Because he's 16. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> and he just wants to have a pop at Harry Kane. And he's doing something stupid on Snapchat. Or Harry Kane's the England captain, Jim. He could be playing with Harry Kane in three or four years' time if he plays his cards right. He'll be training with the England under-17s at St George's Park. I would want, if I was Harry Kane, get the kid in training with the England team and f- nail him. Harry Kane's an adult and Harry Kane will let this wash over him like anything. He won't be fussed that someone's had a pop at him and taking the mick out of him. It won't bother him one bit. He sees worse on social media a hundred times a day, but call him far worse than Harvey Elliott has. Mm. I I think we have a big problem at the moment in football and everything else where we have a switch and that switch is either offended to 100% or not bothered. (laughs) There is nothing in between. And this on the 100 to 0 scale is maybe a 10. He's done something stupid. He's been an idiot. He's apologised now. This And you've got to look at the timing of it as well. He's just signed for Liverpool and this video emerges. Someone screwed him over. This was filmed ages ago when no one cared about yeah, him. But Someone screwed him over with the emergence. We need to forget about it, move on, tell him he's an idiot, tell him he's a kid, condemn the use of his words and move on and get it out of the way. But the thing is for me, like to clarify what Father I was... Father Jim. What I was, <laughs> <laughs> what, like, to clarify what I was saying before, like when I was like 16, if I did something like that, I didn't... I like social media didn't exist to the point of what it is now. So, like, for example, I wouldn't know that in 10 years that can come back and somebody mm. could could have saved it and it could nail me in 10 years. But there's been so many cases of um, pe- things being saved off Twitter feeds and oh my and gosh. what have you in, in previous, like, years that why do you even do that? Like, I know, you, I know you're 16. I do understand that, like, he's not mature in the fact that, you know, he's, he's made a mistake as mm. everyone does when they're 16. But you have to you have to know better than that. And yeah, it's like, a lesson for young players, and it's a lesson for young people in general. Kids is that be careful what you put on social media, and maybe we've got more of a responsibility to safeguard these individuals, these young players coming through the ranks, and teach them early doors when they're twelve, when they're thirteen, when they're coming through the academies. Teach them about social media, mm-hmm. and that's the job the PFA should be doing. Yeah. Totally agree. Anyway, thanks for listening to Premier League Daily. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marley. Thank you. Uh, I've been Niall McCorn. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's on Spotify, Acast, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you hit subscribe because as of next week, we will be back into the daily schedule ahead of the new Premier League season. Every Friday, we'll have a preview show for you, looking ahead to the weekend's action. And every Sunday evening, we'll be looking back at all of the gossip and all of the talking points from the greatest football league in the world. So make sure you hit subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on social media. 
media as well. And pinned to the top of our Twitter page, which is at the Sports Social, our Fantasy League, which I can never remember the code for. But as long as I don't finish the bottom, I don't care. (laughs) AJR338. AJR338. Thank you very much. Marley, that's from our Fantasy Premier League. So make sure... Uh, you go onto the website and, and join yourself up to that. Make a team. See if you can beat all of us guys here at the Sports Social. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week and we'll see you next time on Premier League Daily. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled on the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club. But I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.